Welcome to Grace for the Tryhard, a place where we tryhards can be reminded of the grace we've been given and be empowered to walk in it every day. Do you ever feel like no matter how hard you try, you aren't good enough? Have you struggled with shame and want to experience more freedom in your walk with Christ? Do you feel inspired and empowered when you hear other people's stories of transformation and healing? If your answer is yes to any of those questions, I'm right there with you. Being empowered to live and work out of grace is possible, and here we are learning how to do that together. No need to show up polished, poised, or perfect. Come as you are and join us as we experience God's grace together. Hello and welcome back to Grace for the Tryhard, a place where tryhards can be reminded of the grace they've been given and be empowered to walk in it every day. I'm Lindsay. I hope you all are doing well. It is officially fall in Indiana now. The leaves have changed so much. It's so beautiful. Honestly, I love this time in Indiana because I drive to work every day and I just get to see all the beautiful colors. We're at the point where the trees really aren't green anymore. So it's really just yellows, browns, oranges, reds. And I know it's only going to be like that for a few more weeks, (laughs) maybe less than it feels like it just, the leaves just fall so quickly, but I'm enjoying it. I hope wherever you are, you're enjoying this season of life. Today, we're going to be talking about letting go of control and how we can see God move in really amazing ways when we let go of control. So if you know me at all, you may not associate the word control with me. (laughs) A lot of people like think of me as like, you know, fun and lively and free spirited and a little go with the flow. When I'm in work mode, I'm a little bit more serious, but at least I don't think people look at me as like a controlling person. But just a few weeks ago, I noticed some desire for control in me that I hadn't really noticed before. And it was at work. So We had this project we were working on, specifically an event that we were going to execute, and there wasn't like an official leader of the project. So me and and another guy were kind of taking on most of the work together, and then we had a few other team members who were helping execute. So leading up to the project, I was a little stressed because things weren't going the way I would have wanted them to go, (laughs) one example of wanting control, and we get to the um, location for the event and we're going to like set up the chairs and the the tables and stuff. And I felt this weird tension of who was going to make the decision on how the chairs were going to go. <laughs> and multiple people in the group are, you know, go-getters. So they're like, oh, let's put them out this way. Let's put them out this way. And the one guy that I was working with the most was like, what do you think, Lindsay? Like, do you think we should put them this way or this way? And I was starting to think, because I had executed an event similar to this like earlier in the year um, that I wanted the chairs a certain way, really just to think about the experience of the people who were coming to the event and the way they had put the tables wasn't exactly what I thought it should be, but it seemed like what the other guy was kind of leaning towards. So I was just like kind of frozen for a moment, like, what do I do? You know, like my gut instinct is to like push back and be like, I really think they should be this way. I'm also not the greatest like explainer of things if I can't draw it out. So 
I was also trying to like tell them what I wanted the tables to be, but I don't think I was doing the best job at making it clear. So it was just kind of confusing moment. And I was just like reflecting in the moment of like, I have a choice to like push for my vision or to let go and let the other guy who was doing a lot of the work just kind of take the lead. And it ended up being a little bit of both. Um, but after the event, I just was just thinking about that a lot. I was like, why did I really want to just like be the leader of this event? Um, and why was I uncomfortable when I wasn't? <laughs> so yeah, that was really eye-opening for me. And um, I've been thinking about it for the past few weeks and just trying to like be more aware of what areas of my life I want to have control of and if that's good for those areas. And to an even deeper level, <laughs> I've realized more regularly, I think I desire control in um, how other people will respond to me. So a few years ago, I was just going through some hard things with a person in my life and I felt like I was doing everything that I could to try to make the relationship work and like try to make the other person happy and it felt like I just couldn't do it <laughs> and I was talking to um, a friend of mine and she said it just sounds like you're trying really hard <laughs> and that was a moment where I'm like well I guess that's why I'm making this podcast because <laughs> that's what I do and she said why don't you just stop trying and in that moment I was just like well, then everything's going to fall apart. Like if I don't try to say the right things that will make this person happy or help them to respond better to me, then everything's going to blow up is what I thought. And that's not the truth, um, but it is what I thought. And after that moment, I've just also been thinking about like how much thought I give to my words and my responses to people, not just because they're my genuine thoughts, but a lot of the time it is communicated in a way to get the best response out of them, <laughs> which sounds a little manipulative, honestly, which I hate. Um, but, you know, this is this podcast is about vulnerability and, and being honest about where we're at. So, yeah, um, I don't think I'm trying to manipulate people. I think at the end of the day, I'm trying to protect myself and protect them from an argument or from uncomfort. <laughs> but, you know, this is a season in my life where I'm learning, is that right? Is that the best thing to do all the time? And is it my responsibility to protect someone else's feelings and protect the situation and try to like literally control the situation? Crazy stuff. I hope someone can relate to that. And so I'm not the only person who's felt this way <laughs> and does these things, but it's a cool realization because I know God is like taking me to the next step of freedom in helping me to learn how to like function in this life and relate to other people and not feel the need to control the outcome of a conversation or control um, the other person because I can't. That's probably what has caused a lot of anxiety for me because I think, oh, I can control the situation if I say X, Y, and Z, but then the person doesn't respond in the way I think they're going to. And then I'm like, shoot, that didn't even work. <laughs> so crazy stuff. I believe Many tryhards want control, and that's why I think this is important to talk about today and 
Today, we're going to talk with one of my best friends. Her name is Andrea about an experience that me and her had together where we were in situations that it was obvious that we didn't have control of the outcome. And so we had a choice to either like fight that or surrender to it and see God move in really amazing ways. So it was an awesome experience for us. Just telling those stories encourages me just to remember like what God has done in my life. And hopefully it'll encourage you that you don't have to have control. You don't have to have control of everything, of every situation, of every outcome in your life. You can let go and you do have some control and that is an encouraging thing. You know, we have control over the choices we make and if we want to turn towards God or turn away from him, but we don't have to control everything and I don't think we were designed to. So just a little bit about Andrea because I love affirming my friends um, and I'm just so thankful that they will take the time to talk with me in a podcast. Um, But just to describe Andrea, she for me is a safe person. So when we first met, um, we went on a long walk, which we'll talk about in the episode. And um, I just remember literally just telling her all about my life, like telling her my story, telling her how I met Jesus in college. And, and I just remember her just like listening and like, I felt really safe to open up and like really share who I was with her. And she would just ask questions. She was such a curious person and she's still such a curious person. And it really just um, made room for me to be myself and um, feel accepted because it wasn't like she was asking with like judgment in her heart. It was like just genuine curiosity. (laughs) And I don't know a ton of people are like who are like that. She's been a steady rock for me through our friendship (laughs) since we've been friends now for, um, I don't know, eight, nine years. Like, we've just gone through a lot. Our 20s have been hard in a lot of ways, like a lot of people's 20s are. And she's always been the person I could call or reach out to or reconnect with or talk on the phone or see and just let it out to. (laughs) And she listens and she's there and she speaks love and truth and empathy and And I hope I've done the same. (laughs) Um, But she's really just been an amazing friend. She she was in my wedding, um, one of my bridesmaids. And we're very different. Like, we're very different in a lot of ways. We're also very similar in a lot of ways. I think we're both tryhards in in some ways. And what's been beautiful is to have a friend who thinks very differently than me, who has different struggles than me, but who accepts me for who I am and admires my differences and I do the same honestly I I love the way Andrea is and she inspires me in so many ways and I think that's what's helped us to grow I think it's really important to have close friends in your life who don't think exactly like you (laughs) because that might just keep you stuck in in unhealthy things that are in you um, because you don't have another person who's challenging you who's helping you to see like maybe your perspective isn't the only way So anyways, I love her so much, and she also um, (laughs) maybe unintentionally inspired me to start a podcast because she also had a podcast called um, Letting It Percolate, and it was her and another friend talking about, like, just deep questions, and um, that's just kind of a description of Andrea is just she likes to talk about the deep stuff, (laughs) the real stuff, and so do I. So that's why we we really clicked. I am really excited for today's conversation. I hope this episode helps you to see the ways you may be limiting 
yourself from seeing God's faithfulness and activity in your life. I hope this episode encourages you to face the fear of letting go of control because we've done it too and are continuing to do it in our lives. And I hope this episode expands your view of God and grows your faith. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hey, Andrea. Hi. Welcome to Grace of the Tryhard. Oh, it's so, so good you're here. It's so good to be here. Yep. So I came up to um, South Bend yesterday to visit my wonderful, wonderful friend. Um, and we've had a good time. Today we explore the campus a little bit. She showed me what her life has been like being here. Um, so why are we here? <laughs> why are we here? <laughs> Going straight to the existential questions, and this is why we're friends. Oh my gosh. I meant to say, I'll just tell them. I'll just tell them. I I wanted you to tell them, but so Andrea is in law school here at Notre Dame, and that's why we're here. (laughs) (laughs) So so she will be graduating in a few months, Um, so I really wanted to come up and make a trip to see you, and um, we're going to record a podcast today about being tryhards. And about our friendship experience, which has been a fun, wild ride. Mm. And we think you all would enjoy hearing about it. Yes. So, um, backstory. Andrea and I met out of this country. (laughs) (laughs) We met in Europe. But we're both from Indiana, and we both went to Indiana University. So, that's kind of unique in itself, that we didn't meet in Indiana, even though we both live in Indiana. But we met studying abroad in the wonderful country of the Netherlands. And what's even wilder, like I think about, is that we lived, like the semester before we studied abroad in the Netherlands, we literally lived in dorms that were like right next Mm. to each other. And we ate, um, well, presumably, ate meals like in right food court, um, like the same food court as each other. And we were in the same school on campus, the business school, but we had never met before. Yeah. Like the first time we met, at least that we like realized, you know, that we were like meeting each other was when we were abroad, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy. Yep. So we, it was our junior year, second semester. We studied abroad for a semester. And what was your thought process going into study abroad? Like, what made you want to study abroad and how are you feeling like going into going overseas for a semester? Yeah, it's honestly, this is bad to say, but I don't remember exactly why I wanted to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I think I probably wanted an adventure mm. and like a new experience. Um, and I think like the business school had a way that they kind of worked it into their schedule, I think, for us. Like if we wanted to study abroad, there was a way to do that. Yep. Um, but I don't know that I had a ton of expectations going in, mm. which maybe was healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that like picking the Netherlands was super random. Really? Um, I feel like we maybe have talked about this before, but like just not really knowing a ton about the Dutch, yes. um, aside from like wooden clogs and cheese, probably. <laughs> like that was about the extent of my Dutch knowledge, I think. Same. 
Um, and so there are other options. Like, there's a pretty big London program. Mm-hmm. There was an Australia program that I was actually considering. Really? Which would have been crazy. And the only reason I think I was swayed from that is because the plane ride was so long. Wow. I was like, I can't do this. Wow. So, yeah, I... I really have no good reason, which is funny because I feel like so much of what I do is very intentional, Mm. but for whatever reason, study abroad was just like not one of those things for me. Wow. Would you say for you, it was more like something you knew you wanted to do, like you wanted to have that kind of experience? Yes. And mainly because both of my cousins did. Mm. So if my cousins didn't study abroad, I probably wouldn't have thought about it. Um, But they did and they had great experiences and because the program was so connected and like I would get all the credits I needed. Like it was basically like I could still stay in business school in Indiana, but in the Netherlands. So that made it really convenient and easy. And I also didn't have any like tie to the Netherlands. Like I think really people just thought like, at least my advisor like told me that it was a really good program in the Netherlands. And a lot of students really enjoyed that. Like that school I think worked really well with Kelly, the business school um at at indiana university so that's really why i picked it too so it was kind of random as well um were you nervous like going abroad i think i was i know my parents were i was talking to them a few weeks ago and i was like you guys were crazy like (laughs) why did you let me go to a different country for five years when i was 20 years old you know like Wow. I, I have major respect for them that they were willing to like release control wow. and let me do that. Yeah, I think I was nervous. I knew a couple of the kids that were going, but not like super well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think just like obviously nerves about being in a country where like English isn't the first language, although as we learned, like the Dutch know English very well. Yes. Um so that wasn't really an issue. But yeah, just like I don't know. The logistics, I think, worried me a little bit. And then, like, am I going to be lonely? Like, will I make friends? Yep. Yeah. To, I don't know. How did you feel about it? I imagine part of you was excited, like, knowing you. But yes. did, were you nervous about something? I was excited and I was nervous. I was nervous about the plane ride because I'd never been, like, over the ocean before. And I think I have more fear of flying than I thought. Um, and then... I had just found, like, a community at IU that, like, I loved and, like, found friends that I felt really connected to and accepted by. So I was really nervous that I was going to, like, not make friends um, when I went to study abroad. So I was excited and nervous, and it just felt like, I want to do this. I'm not going to let my fear stop me from doing this, but I don't know what's going to happen. And that was very uncomfortable uncomfortable for me because Mm -hmm. I more than I think I realize I like control I like risk risky control or like I like the safety net you know like okay I'll do something risky but there's a safety net underneath like I love having money in my savings account (laughs) I know people who like at least in college friends who like would always get to zero and I'm like how do you do that (laughs) I don't know how to do that I need that like teach me how to spend all of my savings account (laughs) yeah so um so yeah, this was the first time I feel like the net was taken away. Like I really was mm. like, I don't have control of what's going to happen. I don't even know if I'm going to make it over there. And like, I don't know what it's going to be like. And yeah, so that's how I was feeling beforehand. Do you remember when we landed, did you fly into Brussels? Mm-hmm. Do you remember like seeing anything 
abnormal when you're going through the airport there. I mean, they had like guns. Yeah, I remember getting off like into the um, the baggage claim area, and there were like, I don't know guns, but it's either semi or fully automatic weapons, mm-hmm. probably semi, um, with like guys in uniform around the airport, and I was like, oh, you don't see those at Indianapolis, <laughs> so that was a little bit disconcerting. I also remember at my flight, I had like a long flight from Indy to. Amsterdam, Mm -hmm. and then I had a short flight from Amsterdam to Brussels, I guess. Mm -hmm. When my flight to Amsterdam was about to land, there was this big boom. Oh no! no. (laughs) And I and I also was not a big fan of flying. I had flown once to Brazil, and that was about the same amount of time. Um, But you know, I I still just felt very unnerved. And I think what there's like a boom, and there was a light. And, oh, light. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not like the whole, it wasn't like the whole plane lit up, yeah. but like there was a little flash kind of. Mm-hmm. And I think the pilot, <laughs> I think the pilot came on and said he thought that we had just hit a bird. Oh. <laughs> and sorry, I shouldn't laugh and sad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, but anyhow, in that moment when I heard the noise, I was like, oh, we're going down. Like, I'm not even making it to the Netherlands. Yep. Like, this is it. This yep. is the end of life. And, yep. you know, like, I watched Lost as a kid. And so all of those, like, memories flashing back yeah. into my brain. Um, but thankfully, we landed. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just a, a little birdie. Yes. That lost his life. He sacrificed. He sacrificed. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sorry, bird lovers, if you're listening. <laughs> we don't mean to offend you. It just happens, I guess. Interesting, yeah. So I think the reason they had those guns at the time was because of the French or the Paris attacks. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah, that, that happened like right before, before we yep, went. Yep. And there was a Brussels attack as well, I thought. While we were there. While we were there. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that was crazy. So yeah, yes. when the Paris attacks happened, I was like, I don't know if I want to go. Because I think it was like November or something before yeah, we Yeah, that it. sounds right. And yeah, so I was, I was afraid. Um, so yeah, anyway, so that's how we felt beforehand. Now we need to talk about the amazing story of us meeting. <laughs> amazing. Okay, so let's let's see how to start. Well, maybe should we preface it with, like, we had both kind of prayed beforehand, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know my mom had, like, prayed a lot too, and she, like, continues, you know, like, when I need a reminder of God's faithfulness to answer prayer, she talks about this. But mm-hmm. I know, like, I was praying and she was praying for one Christian girl, mm-hmm. just one, mm-hmm. like, um, to find, to connect with, um, to have a friend, you know, like with, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, so like going in, that was like a conscious prayer request that I had. Yeah, me too. And so we didn't, we didn't know each other, but we're both praying this separately. And your mom is too. And even though I'd been a Christian for like a year by then, I hadn't had many times where like I prayed for something super out of my control and it like happened Mm. so this was like the first time I was like okay god you got to show up if this is going to happen like because I've had lots of times where I just couldn't make friends because I wasn't around people who I felt comfortable with or I wasn't friends with a ton of people in the business school either so that made me nervous because I'm like what if I just can't connect with them so anyways um so we fly in we take this bus to Maastricht which was like an hour or two from Brussels I think and then we go into this place called the guest house, which is where we lived, which is like kind of like a dorm. And so um, I walk in and meet my roommate. Her name's Hannah. And she's this like strong, like kind of loud, like just outgoing person um, and very observant. She was very observant. So I'm like 
the type of person that depending on who I'm with, I'll be kind of a different person. So if someone is loud, I'll be quieter. Or if someone's quieter, I'll be louder. Like, I don't know. I just try to find the balance. Mm -hmm. So like, she's kind of like just a bigger personality. So I'm like, okay, I'm softer. You know, I'm just, you know, unloading my stuff and like trying to get unpacked. And, um, (laughs) I just, I'm putting stuff on my dresser and don't really think anything of it. And Hannah's like, okay, I'm going to go to the lobby to play games or something and I'm like okay cool so then what what happened next at some point she and I must have decided like we're gonna go play cards in the lobby Mm -hmm. um we must have connected at some point I don't really remember when um so we're just like sitting there playing some card game and I mentioned to her I think it must have been a Saturday night and I mentioned to her oh I'd I'd really like to try to find a church to go to tomorrow and I kind of found one that I think is English speaking Uh, but yeah, I'm going to have to like figure out the logistics and how to get there and stuff. And she was like, oh, you're looking for a church? Are you like a Christian? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. And she's like, well, you have to meet my roommate. And I was like, okay. And she's like, yeah, I saw my roommate unpacking her stuff and I saw that she brought a Bible and I thought anyone who brings a Bible all the way across the ocean when they like have limited space to pack stuff in, must really care about their faith and um, like that kind of thing. So maybe she would want to go to church with you. And I remember feeling a little nervous. Really? Kind of like, not like super nervous, but a little bit of like first date, like energy of just (laughs) like, okay, so she like I'm pretty sure she insisted at that point like okay we're gonna go meet my roommate now you know because she is like bolder and like more just I don't know like get stuff done yeah and so we um walk to your room and (laughs) when we go in the door I remember kind of just standing there for a second and she's like didn't you have something to say (laughs) Or, or like something you know that's like a pretty firm nudge. Yeah. And, and I'm like, all right, well, here, go, here goes the first date. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I, I was like, hey, I, I'm trying to go to a church tomorrow. I found this, this church called Damascus Road. Yeah. I think it's English speaking. Is there any chance you would want to come with me? And honestly, I don't remember exactly what you said. I know you didn't say no, but do you remember? Yes. So, again, I'm unpacking. You guys come in. That happens. And I'm just like, what? Literally day two of being in the Netherlands, there's a girl who wants to go to a church? Like, that's just so weird for, like, a college student. Like, because it was, it's a lot of work to, like, look for a church and then be in another country. Like, I think a lot of people would just be like, oh, I'll find it eventually if I want to go to a church. Like, no. To me, it was like, this girl had, like, looked into it beforehand and found an English-speaking church and I was just like, yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. And I was like, yeah, I had... Um, you had looked it up too, I looked right? it up beforehand. And I was like, yeah, I'm also interested in going to this church. And it was called Damascus Road. And you're like, that's the one I found. <laughs> and I was like, God? <laughs> is this is this it? Like, And then, oh, this is what I remember. So then Hannah's like, cool, I'm glad I connected them, you know? And then we kind of talk for a bit. And we're like, okay, so how are we going to get there? And we're like looking online. I'm like, ugh. Just so you all know, we are looking at a map of Maastricht right now. <laughs> Andrea has a beautiful map of Maastricht in her apartment. And so we decided to tape it in front of us just so we really experience Maastricht again. And if you're looking at this map, it is like 
It's kind of like a Dr. Seuss world. Yes. Almost. Yeah. So if, you know, if you're from Europe, you probably understand this, but in America, we love our grids. Oh, yes. You know, north, south, east, west. (laughs) We know where we're going. Like, just follow the the grid. No, this is not a grid. So we were like, I think I was a little intimidated. Like, how are we going to get there? How are we going to, we literally just arrived. I think we did a tour that day of the city, but we were like, still not comfortable. All of the signs are in like Dutch, which if you guys know, there's like an average of 15 letters in every Dutch <laughs> word. And, and way too many consonants and like you, next to each other. Right. And you, it's not pronounced how you think it's pronounced. So we decided to call the pastor. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. Which, and this was like probably like nine o'clock or so on a Saturday night, you know, like I just, you no expectation that mm-hmm. someone's going to answer. Um, but then he did. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, okay, back up. I don't even know that we knew really how to make a phone call on yes. an international phone. Yes. So even that was like, we were winging it. Yes. Like, okay, how do we like, what numbers do we press? Like, how does this work? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we called him and he answered. Mm-hmm. And I think he explained to us that the church was meeting at a different location than they normally met at, which just extra complicated things. Exactly. But he was like, tell you what, if you can get to this certain spot, then someone will meet you and they'll drive you. (laughs) This stranger (laughs) will drive you to this other place that our church is currently meeting at. Do you, do you remember anything about the walk yes. to, yeah. <laughs> to that pickup location? Yes. So we hang up the phone. Pastor Matt. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so we hang up the phone. We're like, and he was American, which was cool. Right. Right. So we're like, oh, we can connect, you know. And he wanted us to be there. He picked up the phone at nine o'clock at night for right? a random person. So like, we're like, I was feeling encouraged. Like, okay, I have Andrea. We're going to go together. I'm a little nervous. We're going to find it, but we're going to try our best. And I was feeling like excited. We walk out the door the next morning and I think we gave ourselves like an hour just to like, and it was probably 20 to 30 minute walk, Mm -hmm. but which was smart of us because we had never tried it before. Yeah. So also both of us didn't have um, cellular data. So in the world we live in to now, (laughs) to now, (laughs) in the world we live in today, like literally if you're in somewhere you don't know, you just Google Maps it, and then you can get wherever you want. It's literally... No, we're going in the olden days of, like... The we wild, have, wild west. Exactly. We, like, literally, like, screenshotted the map on our phones, and then I'm pretty sure you were more navigating than me, because I was talking so much on that first walk. <laughs> but, um... So, anyway, so that's what we had to do. We're like, okay, we're going to do it. Let's go to this place, and then they'll take us to the church. So, we start walking, and all I remember is talking your ear off. That's what I remember. <laughs> and feeling nervous at some points, but also feeling like, okay, let's keep, let's just keep going. And then I think it's this way. I think it's that way. Okay, we'll turn this way. And yeah. What about you? I think a lot of it is a blur mm-hmm. other than I just, yeah, I think I remember feeling vulnerable mm-hmm. a little bit. Like, man, we're really in this strange land. We don't speak the language. We don't know where we're going. We don't know who we're meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we had phones that could dial like local numbers, but I don't know that we would have even had a local number to dial, Mm -hmm. you know, like in our phones at this point, if something went wrong. So we were just really on our own. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if I had like connected at that point that God was answering my prayers through you. Like, I don't know if I had consciously realized that Mm -hmm. yet. Um, 
But I do just remember thinking like, oh, like maybe we'll be friends. Mm -hmm. Like maybe this will be one of my buddies. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I didn't have to go to church alone, which I think I was just planning on doing. Yeah. You know, was like super cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's about all I remember of the walking part. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I also didn't think like, I didn't recognize that this was the answer to prayer yet, but I was just so excited that like I had a buddy like you're saying. And I, I feel like what I remember is like super optimistic as we left the guest house and then like, less optimistic. Exactly. Halfway through, I'm like, we are really just winging it. Like, <laughs> okay. I remember going left yesterday. So like there's a river in Maastricht that like kind of splits the city. So we were trying to find the river and I just remember being like, I don't know. And then, then we saw the river and we're like, oh, that's the building right over there. And I think there was a certain time we were going to meet the person. And I think we were getting kind of close to the time. Yeah. So I was like getting a little nervous. And so we walk over there and then we're standing there and we're like, okay, now they're going to pick us up. We were just so like, we had no control. Yes. We really had no control. <laughs> and we were just like, I don't know, mm-hmm. just doing it. Yep. Trying to. Exactly. So then another American showed up named Sky on a bike. Who had been in Maastricht for a little bit that went to this church. I think Sky on a bike. Yeah. That was her, her full first name. Sky on a bike. <laughs> Sky was on a bike. Um, but I think that also made me feel more comfortable too trusting the pastor. Because I was like, okay, there's another American girl that we're going to meet there. Like, again, I think someone who's listening to this who has no context for like, I don't know, Christian community. Or maybe had like a bad experience in church might be like, what the heck are you doing, girls? Like... But I think because I had a good experience in college and like was like, I also kind of felt like when I Googled this church beforehand, there was a connection with the church that I was a part of. So that made me trust it more too. Like, okay, they're, they know each other or they're a part of the same group. So yeah. Um, if you think we're crazy for doing this, I'm sorry. Maybe we were a little crazy, but it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, so then who picked us up? I think Remy or Renee. Renee. Renee, mm-hmm. not Remy. I okay. think I made that up. Was he Dutch? <laughs> yes. Okay. I think he was Dutch. Yeah. So Sky shows up. She's like, hey guys, are you waiting for a ride? And we're like, yeah. And we get to know her. The guy picks us up, Renee, drives us maybe 10 minutes to this other building. And do you remember when we walked in? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know why it's so vivid in my brain, but I remember walking in. And I remember the first worship song that was playing, we might have been a little bit late or we were there right when it was starting, was a song that we sang in Chi Alpha, which was the ministry I was in in college. What was the song? I don't remember. <laughs> but I do remember it was one of the songs that we That's cool. played a lot. And I was like, I know this song. Mm. And I just felt peace. Like, oh my gosh. Like, day three of being in another country, so out of my control, I found a community that like, believes the same things as me. I found a friend that wants to go to church with me, like, and I just felt God's presence there. And we worshiped and we sang and they preached and all this stuff. And it was like, wow, this really happened. This all came together and it wasn't up to me. Like, Hmm. so yeah. That's so true. So little of that felt up to us. (laughs) Like aside from the initial inquiry into like, oh yeah, let's see if we can find a church. Mm -hmm. Like it really kind of was miraculous that we ended up actually like making it there Mm -hmm. and I think that's when we first met some of the people that like later became our good friends in the the college ministry there and even outside the college ministry too 
Um, but that was kind of like the first introduction. And I, I think Sky walked us back. Yes, she um, did. Or at least like close to the guest house because yep. she lived pretty close to there. Mm-hmm. So that was nice too, that at least on the way back, we didn't have to try to fumble our way like through the streets. Exactly. Um, and I think just to get like another American's perspective yep. on like, here's the places to go, like here's the good food, like don't do this, do this. Mm-hmm. Um it definitely felt comforting. That's good. So I think this connects to being a tryhard because I think a lot of tryhards want control and put a lot of faith in like their work and like how their their work is affecting the outcome. Mm. And this was like a perfect example of like we we couldn't control much. So like what advice would you give to someone who is listening and they're like, I would never do that? Like, why would you encourage someone to let go? And what advice would you give them to let go? (laughs) Hmm. I think in conversations you and I have had since study abroad, we both agree that we, like God seemed so big to us and the Holy Spirit's work seemed really apparent Mm. um, in ways that maybe we haven't seen like at least so like consistently since coming back to the states obviously yeah like we would both say the holy spirit is active here in the united states but i think because we we really didn't have the choice to control so much um especially at the beginning like it was clearer when something happened that it was god Mm -hmm. that it like wasn't our own fruit Mm -hmm. um and i guess for anyone who like is a believer who would, you know, consider, I don't know, any experience that's, like, they know they're going to be out of control, I think that really is one of the blessings that when you see things come together and connect, you know it has to be God yes. because you know how helpless you are. Yes. Um, you know how it feels to not have data on your phone yeah. and um, to somehow get where you're trying to go. So... Yeah, I think obviously being in a different country maybe makes it easier to have that kind of experience. Mm -hmm. But I think even here in the States, like there are ways um, that we can choose to be in an unfamiliar environment. I'm thinking of a few right now that I've done. And, and, you know, just like choices that can seem kind of wild and crazy. Um, I think like going to Boise, Idaho last summer was one for me that people were like, where are you going? Like, what are you doing? It was so random. Yeah. And then God showed up. Yeah. Like he provided people, he provided community, Christian community, wow. a great work experience, wow. beautiful nature, like so wow. much more beautiful than the Midwest. <laughs> um, so I think there are ways, um, and I don't even think it has to be going to a different place. I think it can be literally in the place that we're in. Yes. There are ways to choose to be out, like hopefully wisely, but to choose to be out of control right. in prayerful hope that God will show up yeah. in some way. I, I would add something too. Um, another way that I felt out of control that maybe you might have felt less out of control, but definitely say if you felt different. So I grew up Baptist and the church that we went to in Maastricht, Damascus Road, was what was the denomination? It was connected to the Assemblies of God, but I don't know if it was a part of the Assemblies of God because it was overseas, so I, it might have been like their sister group. Okay. Assemblies of God. So yeah, it was it was Pentecostal, but Pentecostal is a weird 
It can mean a lot of different things to different people. Sure, sure. So how would you describe it to someone, like, who didn't know anything? Like, so... Well, this is maybe some of the, like, stereotypical, like, Pentecostal stuff, but this this was my first time encountering people speaking in tongues, people having kind of, like, a fit, maybe, like, being indwelt by the Spirit. I don't know if you remember that happening. I kind of remember that, yeah. Once. But that was, like, wasn't, like, all the time. No, no, no. It mm-hmm. was, yeah, I would say these things were definitely not every, every Sunday, mm-hmm. um, but on the, there was, like, a college group retreat that you didn't go on Mm -hmm. that I went on and there was like a time where like two or three of the students were like we were having worship and then they just started like speaking in tongues wow and um after after it I was kind of asking them a little bit you know about it because I was just like a little Baptist girl like what is going on you know it was so different and it felt out of control to me Mm. It, it didn't feel out of control but it felt out of my control because it was so far outside my comfort zone yeah like, what is this? How? So I, I just asked them, like, did you did you pray to, like, have this gift? Like, how did you figure out that you had this gift? Like, how do you know when to use it? That kind of thing. Yeah, so in that sense, like, there were, there were just some things like that that were different mm. to me. And sometimes uncomfortable. Um, but also so good. Mm-hmm. Because I, I got to see different attributes of God Mm. that I don't normally see or that I didn't normally see at the time. Mm. And I do, I especially remember like the prayer with people at Damascus road. When those people prayed, they believed God was going to answer. It was so powerful, way more powerful than I had witnessed before. Yeah. I, I remember like at least one prayer gathering that we had with some of the students it was the night before the brussels attack and i remember i think you were there i'm I'm pretty sure it was at salves one of our friends apartments Mm -hmm. um and i remember someone being prompted to like pray for i don't think it was like brussels specifically but pray for safety like in our area wow and then like the morning the next morning we woke up i think it was a sunday morning and we like saw the news at the Brussels airport. There was were these bombers that mm-hmm. um, went in to like the American Airlines area of the airport, and also some on trains, I think too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And this was like an hour and a half from us, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. And I just literally the airport we came into when we yes got there. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking like, wow. I think the Holy Spirit prompted someone to pray that because mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit knew that there was going to be a need for prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I think lots of other instances too while we were there where it was like when there was a problem, people's default was to pray. <laughs> Which, it, you know, it's not so silly <laughs> saying it out loud, like so basic. Mm-hmm. But I guess just going into the study abroad experience, that's not how I operated. And it was really good to see how people relied and depended on God through prayer. You're so right. Same. I think that's a, a lack in the American church in general. Like there's just so many ways we can fix our problems ourselves. (laughs) So like, yeah. So thanks for reminding me of that. There's so many things to talk about. So let's, let's pause and talk about, Travis, because oh, yes. he needs an honorable mention. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so um do you remember when we met him or when you I, met him i remember when i met him i don't think you were there do you remember when you met him i do but i just remember being outside of the um the guest house the guest house and then him being like, hi, I'm Travis. And I said, hi, I'm Lindsay. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I remember meeting him in the lounge of, so like in this guest house, this dorm facility we lived in, Lindsay lived kind of on one half of it and I lived on the other half of it. And so um, we had like a lounge at the end of our hallway and some other people from IU had friends over and they must've met Travis somehow. I don't mm-hmm. know how. Um, but they invited him over, and so we were, like, chatting, and I think I must have mentioned that I was part of, like, a Christian ministry at IU, and he mentioned that he was also part of a Christian ministry at Penn State, where he went, different ministries, Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it, like, clicked for both of us, like, oh, there's another believer in this room, and I, we had been to church already at that point. We had. Um, And so I think... I, like, mentioned to him maybe, like, hey, if you're interested in going to a church, like, there's another girl here, and we went this past week, and you're welcome to come. Um, And so I think that's, like, how the ball was rolling. But you remember meeting him maybe on the way to church? I feel like it was... Or... I feel like it was a nighttime thing. Like, a bunch of people were going out to dinner or something, and that's when I met him. So it was probably, like, after you met him, but before we went to church. Mm -hmm. So we meet Travis, and then I don't know how this happened, but we formed... The Gucci Squad. Uh, <laughs> I told her last night not to use that word, <laughs> that G word. Oh gosh. So, so I don't know what happened. We just, I think we just started walking to church together. We started hanging out, and we just clicked. Like we were all just like silly and fun, and like. Uh, correction. Two of them were silly. <laughs> You were, you were I, I was the boring grandma. No, of the group. no. You would laugh at us, which, which I would. I was me. amused by you. <laughs> I was not laughing with you. I was laughing at you. <laughs> totally fine with me. I just I do it for the laughs. But yeah, I I don't remember what happened. But I just feel like at some point after we had walked to church enough, and I think we started going to the small group. Like we just were like, wow these the, we're we're each other's people mm-hmm. you know and we just felt really comfortable with each other and I remember one time walking like later on in the semester and just walking and I said something like I feel so like I can be myself with you guys and you're I remember I don't remember what you guys said but it was like great I'm happy for you you know but it was like <laughs> I'm happy for you <laughs> it wasn't that <laughs> but you guys were like happy that I could and I'm glad that I felt that way but I don't have a ton of people like that, you know, so I knew it was special. So the reason we were called the Gucci Squad, do you know? I, I feel disconnected, know. but I just remember we were walking down one of the streets. So they had, they had really nice, like, shopping areas in Maastricht, like, cute individual shops. And some of them were higher end, one being a Gucci store. <laughs> and we walked by it. And I don't remember what happened. I feel like it was more between you and Travis. And then I was just like, okay, we're the Gucci squad. <laughs> you know? I'm sure I said at some point, like, there's a slight backstory. But basically, I knew this person who, like, when something, instead of being like, oh, that's really cool, would be like, oh, that's Gucci. And I just, 
hated it. I I don't know. Like, I just <laughs> felt like it was a try-hard word. Oh, yeah. Speaking of try-hards, but, like, in a different sense. Yeah. Just, like, trying a little too hard to, like, be cool or whatever. So, it just, to me, it was a curse word. Like, it was up there with all the other words. And I, I guess I probably shared that. And then... I wouldn't be shocked if Travis was like, well, now we have to be, like, we have to use this word as many times as possible. Um, and so, yes, we became the Gucci squad. Um, well, we still have a text message thread, which is called that. So, yep. it's stuck. It stays strong. Um, so, yeah. So, anyways, meet Travis, and we kind of become the three amigos. Um, and I feel like the people at church called us, like, the Americans. Yeah, they did. We were the Americans. Yes. (laughs) Oh, did someone invite the Americans? That was us. That was us. And even I feel like Sky wasn't a part of that. Yeah, yeah. Even though she was, like, totally an American, it was like, yeah, Yeah. we were the Americans. That's funny. Um, yeah, so anyways, I brought, obviously, Travis is awesome. If you're listening, Trav, we miss you. We wish you were here, because it would be awesome to have you on the pod as well. But um, you were talking about, like, not coming from a Pentecostal background and going to this church and being like, ooh, I'm not used to this, you know? Like, I didn't even really have that because it was pretty similar to Chi Alpha. Like, even Mm. just the worship style, the music was more dancey, and people did kind of dance a little bit. Yeah. I even think the pastor, like, taught us a dance once, like... Turn around or something. I don't remember. <laughs> Which is like always. Was it? Was it that hokey pokey? It wasn't the hokey okay. pokey. It was the worship version of. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's like, I, I feel so alive when I dance, um, especially like with to worship music. So I was like, oh, this is amazing. Yes, I feel like welcome to do this here. And you guys are probably like, what? We're not used to this. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you feel. I, I do, yeah, I do remember there being a little bit, like, more movement and stuff. And, like, Baptists, or at least I should say, like, Caucasian Baptists mm. are, like, stereotypi- stereotypically very stiff. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point that at the last Baptist church I was at, um, which is, like, a good church, but I there was like, another girl in my small group who was like, I just wish we would, like, move sometimes mm-hmm. during worship. And I was like, we could start it. Like, we could start a little section off to the side where we do, like... A very slow, like swaying clap, maybe, or like a step touch. You start, know, keep it, keep it small. low key. Start small. Yeah. Um. And so we would, we sat next to each other a couple times, just to, like have our own little, like slightly Pentecostal corner in the Baptist church. Oh my god. So that's so funny. Yes. Uh, so it's funny that you say that because um, I remember. So fast forward after we studied abroad, Andrea are like. Andrea and I are like, we're friends now. This is great. We're going back to IU. We can hang out. And we started going to church together in Bloomington called Redeemer. And I think you had friends and navigators there. And I remember going one time and like, I was kind of at the, I loved being at the edge of like a row because mm-hmm. I felt there was more room. I wasn't like hitting other people with my movement. And I remember one girl from Navs looking at me and she's like, I love how like free you are. And I was Aww. like, oh, I didn't even realize it, but that feels really nice. Um, so even though like I don't I don't think Redeemer Redeemer had really great music. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. That was a cool church where they like really um they were their own and they like wanted to create like quality music and um trumpets, saxophones, yeah, like violin. It really embraced like that. Um so it was really easy to dance to. <laughs> I don't feel like everyone was dancing or like it was super charismatic. Mm-hmm. Um so but it was cool that I felt like safe enough to like be able to do that and 
people appreciated it. Um, so yeah, dancing. Didn't expect to talk so much about that. But <laughs> I will say though, I can confirm Lindsay dances like when I if I were to think of like a caricature Lindsay in my head, <laughs> it would be like a little a little like if anyone's seen um, what was it like the Lizzie McGuire show or maybe even Stevens like there used to be a little cartoon yep. Lizzie McGuire who would like pop up and like say things or whatever mm-hmm. and my head Lindsay is like the little cartoon Lindsay who pops up and she's just dancing Aww. like that's just what she does and <laughs> sometimes when her and Travis and I were walking around um, the streets of Maastricht she would just like break out and dance and it, at first it was kind of like what is this girl doing <laughs> Like, I just, that is so not me. Um, and it was just so strange. Mm. But then I, I think by the end of our time there, and definitely now, I've just come to appreciate that there is a freedom mm. about you that I think um, helps other people to feel more free. Mm. Whether it's like in a worship context or just like walking down a random street mm. in public. <laughs> Where there's no chance for your friends to escape. No, um, it's... Yeah, it is something that's special and so you. Um, wow. And we're actually, Lindsay is very graciously coming to a concert tonight with me that my brother is doing. And I'm hopeful that there will be some dancing action going on there tonight. I so. won't be able to contain myself. <laughs> like, I can dance when there's no music. So you just add some good music oh, and yeah. I'm not going to be she's, able to not. She's She's unleashed. Yes. The beast is out of its cage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. Wow. Um, okay, back to Maastricht. So we were there for like five months. There's mm-hmm. so much we could talk about. So we might have to just do another podcast another time about more of Maastricht. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit since we're kind of on the topic of just like letting go and trusting God of like, we could each tell a story of like when we saw another time that God like showed up um, mm-hmm. for us. So I'll go first. So in my, uh, in the in Europe, it's like pretty cheap and easy to fly to different countries compared to in the U.S. Like, you know, we're just so big over here that like you have to drive hours to go to another state, and like if you want to go to another culture, another country, it could take a two-hour flight, and you're there. Um, so I was definitely taking advantage of that when I was going to be in Europe because I'm like I'm only going to be here for five months. I can get a flight for ninety euro or fifty euro or whatever, like. It's pretty good. Um, so I planned a trip to Italy with a girl named Jenny. Was Jenny your roommate? Yeah, Jenny yeah. was my roommate. Mm-hmm. So Jenny is American, and then this girl Pauline, who is Irish, Scottish. She was Scottish, and we were going to go with her to Milan, and then she was going to leave, and then me and Jenny were just going to fly back together because she had to go somewhere else. Um, so it was my first trip planning, and you know, like I said, I like to have control, so I was like... I had the super intense itinerary and like step-by-step plan of like how we were going to get to the airport and all this stuff. And I just remember being like so stressed about it. And I stayed up really late. I remember the night before we went and was just trying to get it all together. And I was like, okay, now we have to go and do it. So then we go and we fly. And I remember it was a super, it was like 6 a.m. flight because it was cheaper. And that was not smart in itself because we had to like stay in a hostel the night before and it was dark out. Anyway, on the flight, I'm just like, God, let's just make it there. I just I just need to make it there. And we made it there. And I made some Italian friends in Maastricht. And they were back in Italy. So that was really cool to see them. And they're the most hospitable people I've ever met. They literally, like, welcomed me at the airport. Um, I think one of their parents, like, drove us somewhere. <laughs> like, 
that was so nice, you know, like some random Americans they met for like three weeks. Like, <laughs> who does that? No one does that here, you know? So it's like, yes, you know, we're going to take you around the town. We had a great trip. And then we're going back to Maastricht a few days later. And so Jenny and I are like, okay, we've made it through. And now our, our Italian friends had to go do stuff that day. So they couldn't be with us anymore. And Italy is different than the Netherlands in that most Italian people, like under 20 at least, or maybe 30, don't speak English, <laughs> you know, or it's not like they're not super fluent in English. It's like, hi, it's Lindsay from the future here. Just wanted to say I misspoke. What I meant to say was that most people over 30 or just in an older generation in Italy only speak Italian. They don't speak English. Okay, back to the episode. They really speak Italian there. In the Netherlands, people speak English almost as like well as they speak Dutch. So um, I learned a little bit of Italian, but we're like, okay, we need to get to this bus stop, get to the bus stop. The bus stop will take us to the airport and then we'll be good to go home. Pretty simple, think we could do it. I had relaxed a little bit because by that point I'm like, okay, like, God, I can trust you. I can trust you on this trip. So we walked to the bus stop that our friends had take, like showed us the night before. We're standing there and then all of a sudden I'm like, Jenny, we don't have tickets. <laughs> and she's like, oh yeah, you're right. We don't. <laughs> and I was like, where do we get the ticket? Cause it was literally a bus stop. It wasn't a bus station. Right. And we're just like, I have no idea where to go. We can't buy a bus or get a ticket on the bus. Like back then, it w- there wasn't a lot of digital pay and all that stuff that they have today where you can just like tap your phone and go. So then, um, then I start freaking out. I'm like, shoot, you know, like we can miss our flight and we're going to be stuck in Italy. Like this is going to be crazy. So then Jenny's like, well, I'll, you stay here. I'll go and walk to a few shops and like try to figure out where to buy the ticket. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, okay, the bus is coming soon. I'm like looking around, looking around. And I, I just started like getting more anxious Hmm. and I was like, okay, I think Damascus Road had helped me when I got anxious to like, okay, I think I should pray now. (laughs) Like I can't do anything to like help myself. So God help me like make, make this happen, you know? And I'm like freaking out. I think I tried to talk to some guy and they didn't speak English. And so then I'm like, the bus comes by. And it leaves because we don't have a ticket. And I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like we're going to be stuck in Italy. And I'm like really freaking out. And then all of a sudden this older woman comes by and she speaks to be an Italian. And she's like talking really fast and kind of animated. And I'm like, I don't speak Italian. I don't know what you're saying. And I was saying like bus tickets or I was like holding up my hands. And she's like, okay. And she talks and then she gets like a younger guy to come by and he like translates for us. And then he leaves and then she just leaves and I'm like okay I don't know what that was all about but okay and so then like five minutes goes by and I'm still like freaking out I don't even know if Jenny had come back yet but then all of a sudden she appears and she's holding two bus tickets in her hand and she's like these are yours like in Italian and I was like oh my gosh and I grab them and I hug her and I was like thank you so much like I don't even know how she knew I was like stuck or lost or like in trouble but she knew Hmm. and she just said you're welcome and left and I was like wow like god a random Italian woman took the time to like try to talk to me get someone to translate then goes to the bus station gets tickets comes back and we could get home Hmm. and that was like one of the first times I was like wow god you really you really care about me and you 
do answer prayer. You know, it's like I had prayed for the friend and then you would come along. And I still think at that point when I went to Italy, I, it hadn't connected the dots that I'd been praying. Um, and then this happens. I'm just like, there's something so nice and freeing about like being out of your comfort zone and seeing God show up in mm-hmm. a really cool way. And it grows your faith and it challenges you to like, I guess, put yourself in more situations where he can show up. Um, so yeah, that was that changed my life. I will never forget it. Um, I can't believe you hugged her. Like I can believe you hugged her, (laughs) but I wonder, I wonder what her response was. Like, I guess in Italian culture, that wouldn't be so crazy. Oh yeah. No, she was receiving it. Yeah. She was happy. Yeah. Yeah. So to be honest, like just being in the U S now, since we got back, I've definitely strayed back into being comfortable, you know? And so I like what you said earlier about like, we don't have to be overseas to like see God move in miraculous ways. Um, But it does take intentionality to make room for him. Mm. And I think you need to slow down to hear him, you know? Like, I think God, God was working somehow to like, allow her to notice me, to know that I needed help. To see you. Like, it sounds like she saw you. And I'll be the first to admit, I'm not good at seeing people Mm. sometimes. Like, especially when I'm in the grocery store. I don't know what it is about the grocery store, but I'm like, get in, get out. Like, my, I don't know, my brother could be right next to me and I might not notice because Mm. I'm so, like, tunnel vision. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's... Like, God gave her eyes to see you and to realize that you and Jenny had a need mm-hmm. and needed help. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah, so does anything come to mind for you? Okay, so I was thinking while you were talking, thank you for going first. Yeah, Because <laughs> I needed a little time. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess if I can, like, phrase it as, like, a God moment or some time that was just powerful for me, I remember going on that retreat that I mentioned where mm-hmm. some people were speaking in tongues, not the whole retreat, but for a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had like a worship time one night where we were playing a song and I, I would recognize the song. Like it's one that we sing over here in like American churches sometimes, but I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but we were playing it and like singing it. And like the guy who was leading just like kept playing his guitar and we like just kept singing Mm -hmm. and it went on like that song probably went on for like 35 or 40 minutes wow it was just like it felt as though the spirit was just uniting us in worship wow like on the same wavelength and there was nothing between us and god it was just like a room full of voices praising god Mm -hmm. i've not experienced anything like that since then Mm. I think for whatever reason, you know, like worship in our American churches is a little bit more bookended kind of, Mm. or like there's a schedule and like you can't, like it'd be maybe frowned upon to just like keep singing. Like if you feel like the spirit's moving, like that's fine, but lunch is waiting so we need to get we need to get these people out of here you know and they're i mean i don't have American football after well okay yeah don't get me started (laughs) we must be out by one um but like families with little kids obviously i think i get it like there there are good things about having scheduled church but i i do think that there's something sweet about having an just no schedule, no expectations, like show up and just see like, what does God show us about himself? What does he show us about 
the value of being in community and fellowship with other believers. Um, And there was, there was another session that was like kind of a more structured session, but then there was another like just us hanging out um, where a bunch of us crammed into this tiny room. And I remember there were like three bunk beds maybe or something and someone brought a guitar and we just started like singing worship songs. And then at one point people started singing songs that we would know like greater is our god or something but in their native languages and that was so sweet i mean i know it's cliche to say but it really did feel like a picture of heaven like here are people who are coming from different spiritual backgrounds like i mentioned some of them like were speaking in tongues um i know like one girl was from like india and had encountered jesus through a dream wow and just like you know very different backgrounds um but we're all here worshiping god with the same darn chris tomlin song (laughs) and um no it was it was really sweet i think i still have a video on my phone or at least i used to of part of that i see it um but it just wow. it was just like such a joy-filled time yeah. of unity despite so many differences yes. unity with other believers which i've since become like that's my soapbox right now but mm. we won't go there um mm. but i think yeah that as i mentioned everything about study abroad just made god seem bigger yes. to me and those were definitely moments where i was like wow we are worshiping the god of the universe Mm. who's like bigger than indiana he's Mm. bigger than the united states he's bigger than europe Mm -hmm. he's bigger than the entire globe and we're singing to him and like it's all of us united with that purpose it was just it was really sweet yeah um i wish you could have been there i'm sure you were off like having wonderful adventures but it was it was really cool thankful for that yeah that's a great segue to how I wanted to kind of end this time was just the beauty of diversity. And that was the one thing I took away from study abroad of just like, like you said, how much bigger God seemed. And I guess it was revealed to me how big, big he is um, mm. through the beautiful diversity of this church. So I don't think we mentioned, but this was an international church. So it's English speaking just because a lot of people, everyone spoke English there. Um, but people f- were from all over the world. Italy, um, England. China. China, Australia, Taiwan. Australia. Um, Canada. Slovakia. Um, yeah, so just like literally all over the place, which is so cool. So our literally our small group was like people from all over the world. I do remember one time we all prayed in our own language. Mm. And that was like such a powerful moment. And it just like really humbled me to like, God is so much bigger than my Western american view of him (laughs) and it's a little it's a little arrogant to think that i have it all figured out and um humbling and beautiful and it just grew my wonder about him it made me a little bit more comfortable with the unknown and um interested in learning about people from around the world and just different ways that they worship different and that's why i'm pretty open to like learning about different denominations there's a lot of people who are like this is what i believe and i'm i'm super like like stuck in there, you know, and I respect you for that. But I just, I really think um, we have the body of Christ, which is like everyone who puts their faith in Jesus Christ and chooses to follow him with their lives, you know, and then there's, we're all just so different and we all have different strengths and different focuses. And I think when we all come together, we see like God more clearly, Mm, like, absolutely, you know, so 
I, I think we need more of that in the U.S. The world we live in is so divided. Like everyone says, it's kind of cliche now, but it's, it's tiring and it's not how I think we were made to live, you know? Um, so I'm not going to get on my soapbox about <laughs> listening to each other and mm. diversity and stuff. But um, yeah, I think I came back with just a bigger view of God, a deeper heart to like learn about different cultures and like see aspects of God. Even my Italian friends who weren't believers at all, like showed me God's heart for hospitality (laughs) in like a crazy way. Like I, yeah, there were times where I'm like, are you guys sure you're not like Christians? Like why, why would you do this? Yeah. For me. Was your friend Margarita a Christian? No. Yeah. That was wild. I won't like go into all that, but she hosted Lindsay and I on a trip She's um, Italian and just, like, took care of our every need, I feel like. And, mm-hmm. like, paused her whole life to, like, take us around. Yeah. Um, and show us around Bologna. And, yeah, I just remember being really moved by that. Like, I, as a Christian, don't think I would have that kind of hospitality for, mm-hmm. like, someone in my country. And here you are, not a believer, and, like, going way above and beyond, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was a great example yeah. Something about those Italians, man. Oh, yeah. They, They're so hospitable. Literally. And selfless. Yeah, and willing to slow their lives down for others. And I mean, that's a part of the culture. Like, they're not moving as fast as us. And mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing. <laughs> but, you know, so, yeah. And so, um, also, just if you're listening, um, I don't want this to come across as, like, Christians always do it right. Because we don't. And that's kind of the point we're trying to make is that, like, We'll talk more in the next um, episode about just, like, what happened after study abroad. But I think both Andrea and I, our eyes have been open to, like, how God uses everyone to show himself to people. And we're all on a journey to, like, know him more. And I believe we were created to know him and to love him and to worship him. And we're all just trying to figure that out. Um, And a lot of people go in a lot of different directions. So, um, yeah, I think the church has a lot to learn. But there's also something unifying about people who who are seeking out God together, you know, and seeking to know him more. Um, and that's what you experienced at that retreat and at that church. So, wow, this was this was really, really great. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I, I sure did. Okay, good. Yeah. Again, there's literally so much more we could talk about, but we're going to we're going to end it here. Um, but do you want to kind of give them a cliffhanger for the next episode? Sure. So obviously, like after study abroad, we came back, we had another year at IU. But as a lot of people in their 20s experience, uh, we had some like trial and error periods um, after we got back trying to figure out what God was calling us to do, um, what was a good fit for us, what our path was. And for both Lindsay and I, that was a journey. It was definitely not a destination that we mm-hmm. arrived at. It was a journey mm-hmm. that um, those things, those challenges that we like went through led us to the places that we are now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're both excited to talk about that some on the next episode. Yay. So look out for that. Um, thanks again, Dre, for your time and sharing your heart. I appreciate it. I love you so much. Likewise. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Grace for the Try Hard podcast. I hope you feel encouraged, empowered, challenged, and that you know that you are so loved by God. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening. 
as well as rate and leave a review. Talk to you soon.